Thanks for joining us today for going deeper. And thank you, Mel. That was a challenging message, wasn't it? It was, it yes. Was. <laughs> Can you let us in a little bit on that process for you? So you've got a challenging piece of scripture and you're wanting to handle that with care yep. and you know that you've, there's some real gold in it, there's some important things in it. Can you kind of walk us through a little bit, give us a bit of a peek into what that was like for you in preparing that? Mm. Um, I think for me it was um, we have a lead-in to when we know when we're going to speak and so I think the weight of what I knew was coming um, over the last month was probably really helpful to start to wrestle and unpack. I think the process for me was really more around um, just going really slowly through the passage myself to learn and to understand and to pray and to wrestle. Um, there were moments of, um, I wouldn't say distress, but moments of why did they give this to me? <laughs> yeah, no, okay. um, but wanting to honour what is said and not... Yeah. Um, add any layers to it but just mm. present what was there so I think for me it was the slow process yeah. and then also trying to hear what other people have said about the same verse yeah. um, versus um, just to give me a greater context because mm. I think what's going to resonate for each of us will be slightly different sure. but the truth of what God's word is saying is there yeah yeah and there is you know some of these passages we can just whiz through them mm. think that we know what, what's going on in there. Um, but when you've got to prepare a message and you've really got to slow down and, and really piece your way through it, yep. pay attention to others, mm. it can be super, super helpful mm. and challenging. Um, what, is, what are some of the discoveries that you made this week? Some of the things that really stood out to you in a new or an important way? I think for me it was all about the how Jesus was high then low and then high again yep. and how he he stated that so clearly but the people at the time missed it and even we can miss it as mm. we um, go through that. I think knowing who Jesus is and what he's done is something that we talk about regularly and is a real revelation to me. Yep. But I think learning what that means then to take that understanding and revelation and, and practically live differently as a result mm. of that was more yeah. important to me this week. And then as we stepped through the verses even more, I was really aware of um, uh, growing up in a church culture where um, a lot of the time it was around a, a, like a turn or burn theology. Yeah. You know, I, I can't I can count so many times when I've sat in youth mm -hmm. events growing up where people had asked me, you know, like, where will you go if you die tonight? Yes. And wanting to not... Um, that, that is a reality in the sense of yeah. that when we go from life to death and then life again, what that looks like, but not wanting to hold that, but, but hold that around that Jesus is just and that all honour yes. is belonging to him as he's high again. Yeah. And then how does that then change what I do day to day? Yeah. Because I think in this season of COVID, because life does feel like it's on hold at times, mm -hmm. it can be very easy not to, to live daily in a way that is changed as a result yeah. of what's happening. Mm. It, I, and it is a theme that we see 
like the whole biblical narrative mm. traces this high, low, yep. high thing. Um, and of course, we do see it in Jesus. We see it spoken about, you know, through through the prophets, Jesus Himself, um, and and of course the uh, the writers of the epistles. We we know we've got to lose our life mm. to to gain it. So as as that has really taken some kind of preeminence in that this week, as you've really eyeballed that, how do you how do you see that outworking itself practically? Like, what do we do differently? How do we think differently? What's the challenge? How do we apply that high low high? Um, that's a good question, um, and I think for me it would be around. Um, uh, as a as people, um, we're really forgetful, yeah. and so I think that's part of it for me is having the the reminder and the consistency around that process, the high low high low, yeah. and having that r- reminder every day. Because um, if that's not there for me, and I'm not reminding myself or stepping into that with that knowledge of what I have been called to do and what I'm supposed to do day to day. If I don't remember, then I'm not going to do it. So I think for me it's around that that remembering and not just simply remembering when I get up because whilst I can get up and have some time with the Lord and read um, my scripture and then kind of go through the day Mm -hmm. by 11.30, it's a lot harder to remember. So... Maybe a practical way is for for people to think what, how they could remind themselves as they're going throughout their day, yeah. um, just to realign. I think that realignment is really important. Yeah. So to have that ability to do that, and it's going to look different for everyone. It might be mm. a reminder on someone's phone. It might be that you take five minutes at lunch where you go for a walk and you um, are just outside and you just reset, realign, and yeah. go again. I don't know what that's going to look like for every yeah. individual, but. I think maybe that's part of the practicality of it. I don't think it's yeah. earth-shattering. I think it's just rhythm. Mm. It, it's it's earth-shattering in that it's so desperately countercultural. Mm. You know, to be lay your life down, people, yeah. Yeah. Um, is you know that that's just protest against and re- is a, is a rebuttal against everything that the world would say is mm. is the good life. Um, but here here we see. Jesus living a lay your life down life and calls us to do do the same and that it is the pathway it is the only gate to life it, one of the things that impacted me as as you were speaking is that um, I don't know that we are as offended by death as we should be and I think I've heard I've heard other people write about that talk about that but um, there is so much in our society at the moment that wants us to not not eyeball death or to you know pro- prolong its reality, get that out of the way somewhere, sanitize it, whatever it is. But um, death is just utterly offensive to God. Yep. It is the antithesis of, of of His created order. And I think even even as as Christians, there is something about death that should just deeply offend offend us because it's it's not of his kingdom mm-hmm. yet it requires that we pass through mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. to experience life so on the one hand there's this being really offended by death but then there's this promise yeah. of life yeah. 
did that prompt did you encounter that this week just this idea of life Mm. was that in the thinking uh yes it was um how can i say this um i guess i have a um I've spoken about this lots with our church family, particularly around the work that I do day to day, where I work in a space where the veil between life and death is very, very thin. And uh, you are right, we are not offended by death, and particularly in the realm of psychiatry, where um, I spend most of my working week, um, it's the only medical, I guess, space where death is not allowed you know we might talk about um in medical wards or things like that where people are so unwell that then they they pass away but in psychiatry it's not allowed so i often think about life and death all the time which is um sounds morbid but it's not in the sense of that there is when when we're in that space of being offended by death and having an understanding particularly from our natural point of view that dead is dead yep but that there is, even in death, there is life and how that hope has to be what we are striving Mm. for, what we are pointing towards because I think if we don't do that, then death is not offensive because it's meaningless and there's nothing there for me. But the meaning of it is therefore life because of what Jesus has done through his death and resurrection. And so for me, um, the life part is so important because that's what gives everything else meaning. Right. I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, I think so. We could probably talk about that for a long long time, I think. But (laughs) it's almost when, when, when death is meaningless and it's just this finite thing and we stop existing, whatever we might think about that, there, there is no meaning. Yeah. There is no hope. But in, but in Christ, in terms of who he is, what he's doing and why he's doing it, there is ultimate meaning. There is ultimate hope. It's life everlasting. It is life in the kingdom of God. But it requires that we die, mm. die to this life and, and that our faith is placed in the only one yep. who is faithful, the one in whom mercy triumphs yep. over judgment. And so, you know, I think like in your in your particular role and context, that's something that you carry with you, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. How does that show up? How, so <laughs> here's Mel. Here's here's Mel, who has an eternal hope, yeah. who knows that there is this assurance of life everlasting, working and desiring to bring some element of hope yeah. in difficult difficult mm-hmm. context. You probably can't speak about it overtly. How does that show up? Um, I think it's through uh, relationship yeah. and it's through connection. And I think it's it's through being as authentic as I can possibly be with someone mm. and trusting in the fact that um, that Jesus will have his will and have his way in the most supernatural way, even if I can't say anything. Yeah. And um, I, I often will sit in a room and, um, you know, there's just a prayer where it's just, Holy Spirit, please fill this place. I can see the distress and the hurt and the 
at times irritation, I guess, of um, the the melding of doctors and myself and the young person or the or the adult there um, who is in distress, but working together, but mm-hmm. just allowing the Holy Spirit to be there and to trust that my consistency in that yeah. is going to make a difference mm-hmm. um, and trusting that um, it's actually it, it's not about me but about who I represent yes yeah yeah I think I think you're dead right um, I think you're life right um, <laughs> so if you if you are one who has already passed from death to life that's the truth that we've got then something has changed in the spiritual atmosphere of that environment. Mm-hmm. So, so spiritually, in, in some domain that we, that we can't necessarily see, you, are, you exist in what is otherwise an environment of hopelessness, mm-hmm. of, of, uh, of disintegration, mm-hmm. as somebody who has already passed from death to life and so therefore the spiritual atmosphere is different somehow. Yeah. Just got to trust that, don't we? Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And I, I think I've been more and more aware of the sense that I know that my context is incredibly different to the majority of mm. our um, of our coast community family. But every time that any of us step into any relationship with anyone who's that, who's who in essentially is beautifully broken, not yes. yet, yep. n- doesn't yet know Jesus and where and what he has done for them, that whatever that looks like, whether it's connection, relationship, compassion, empathy, a kind word, Mm. um, whatever that is, that all of us can step in and do that. They don't just, you don't just have to work in in this sphere that I work in. It's it's every one of ours responsibility. And I think what I said, it's a privilege that we can't ignore. Yep. Yeah. So let's... Like a final question, I think it follows just just follows on from that. So yeah. this week, we're all just about to step into a new week. Yeah. We are agents of renewal. Mm-hmm. We're objects of renewal. We are things that need renewing. And we are agents of renewal, of hope, of meaning, of life. How, what, what can that look like this week? How do we hold that this week as we step in just to another... September week, restrictions are still around, but we're agents of hope and renewal. How might we do that? I think it's about seeing what's in front of you, whatever that looks like. So whether it's school holidays at home with your kids, which probably feels like it's never ending, whether it's um, with your husband or your wife or your mum or your dad, your brother, your sister, whatever that looks like. It's And if it's going to work, working from home, mm. Zoom, whatever it is, that taking the opportunities that are before you yep. and um, remembering um, the responsibility and the realignment that we have yep. and doing what we can where we can to show others that we believe what Jesus said that he did and that he did what he said that he did and being open to whatever that might look like and what conversation that it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's it's building on whatever relationships you have as well. So that consistency I think is really important too. Mm. Believing in life. Yeah. In an environment where that's, increasingly difficult to believe in 
Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thanks, Mel. I, look, I really hope that that's helpful and encouraging to you this week. Um, a significant message, some complex things in there, probably requires a, a, a second listen or a second watch. So I really encourage you to, to do that this week. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.